Joining us now for his regular Thursday contribution to our program is Dr. Everett Piper, columnist for the Washington Times, best-selling author, former university president. Dr. Piper, good to have you back this morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. As always, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Uh, thanks very much for the time. You know, you 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 ran through a pretty exhaustive list there, and you could have written uh, probably a couple thousand more words if you'd have wanted to, or if they'd have given you the space to do so. Of the number of either Democrats or Democrat supporters or uh, other individuals with the same ideology as the current administration, and particularly the head of the DOJ, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, uh, of individuals who have committed all kinds of very blatant and flagrant violations and or crimes that have never, ever seen prosecution, much less uh, investigation, much less a raid on their home the way President Trump just did. Tell us more. Well, yeah, I could. you and I could both uh, wax eloquent for a half hour, uh, citing various different scenarios where people on the left, the progressives, Democrats, whatever label we want to give them, or they want to claim for themselves, have not been prosecuted for breaking the law. Now, I want to make something clear. I was criticized for this article uh, for being guilty of the fallacy of whataboutism, uh, the non-sequitur, the non-sequence, that it doesn't make any difference because you're basically exonerating Trump by saying, well, what about Epstein? What about Clinton? What about Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton? What about uh, Lois Lerner and Eric Holder? What about? I want to make something very clear, Bob. And if people go read this article, I never mentioned Donald Trump at all. This article doesn't really have anything to do with Trump. What it has to do with this claim by Merrick Garland that in the United States, no man is above the law. Well, Mr. Garland, if that's your claim, and I agree with it, in the United States, no man should be above the law. In fact, that goes back to Aristotle, and after him, John Adams, etc. No person should be above the law in a constitutional republic. We're a, we're a nation of laws and not a nation of men. I agree with Merrick Garland. But what about? And then you know I list all of these various different in- individuals, from Eric Holder to Lois Lerner to Hillary Rodham Clinton to Bill Clinton to... Um, Peter Strzok to uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Why don't we know about all the Johns in Epstein's book, Black Book? Why aren't they being prosecuted for basically flying in their private jets to go have sex with minors? And what about all the teachers' unions that are promoting pornography in our public schools by having books like Genderqueer that have pictures of adult men having sex with minor boys? I mean, what about? Now, this is not the fallacy of whataboutism, because I'm not referring to Donald Trump when I write the article. I'm just taking Merrick Garland, and I'm challenging his premise. And that is, in the United States, nobody should be above the law. Well, if you really believe that, then prove it. Start prosecuting everyone on both sides of the political fence, and I'm fine with that. Let the truth prevail. Let the law win, rather than us being a nation of men who have privilege, or women that have privilege, over and above others, let's 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 make everybody subject to the law you know um you you obviously explain that very eloquently about the law and if they're going to make claims that nobody's above the law then you'd better doggone well start prosecuting but i'll be honest with you dr piper that aside i have no problem with whataboutism I mean, that's the only way that we can explain, the only way we can point out uh, the two-tiered system of justice that exists in this country. The only way is to say, what about Hillary Clinton, who was, there was a 20-minute presentation 
from the former director of the FBI, James Comey, explaining what they found in their investigation. All of the felonies committed by Hillary Clinton. He spoke for almost 20 minutes saying she did this, 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 and all of these things were illegal and wrong. And then at the end said, however, uh, no, uh, you know, no prosecutor would ever prosecute for these, ca- for these cases. Case closed. See you. Goodbye, everybody. 20 minutes as to why she should be prosecuted and then an announcement she would not be prosecuted. I'm going to what about that when you break into Mar-a-Lago, particularly after, you know, a June request, a subpoena that was given to Trump and his lawyers looking for certain documents, and they met them at the, at the, at the residence at Mar-a-Lago and complied completely. The FBI left totally satisfied. They, they, they uh, um, then actually called back and said, you know that storage room that you have where you keep all your presidential memorabilia stuff? We're not really satisfied with the single lock that's on that. Can you strengthen that security, please? And guess what? The Trump attorneys asked the Secret Service themselves to strengthen that security, and they put a, installed a brand-new locking mechanism on the place. So they went to Trump. They said, give us all this stuff. Trump said, okay, here you go. And now the second time, instead of doing the exact same thing, which is asked for it, and, and believing that, why would they have no any reason to believe that he would not comply the second time around? Instead, they come barging through with, with 40 agents and spend nine and a half hours combing through everything from Trump's storage facility to Melania's uh, clothes, uh, clothes closet. I mean, Dr. Piper, I am okay with whataboutism until they do that to other people who have been accused of similar violations, then I'm going to what about that and, and then ask them to explain to me how you can call this a fair system of justice. I, I, I think your, your rationale is solid, Bob. And I, what you're arguing for is consistency. And that's what all of us should be arguing for. Is that That's you what whataboutism is. Right. That's well, what aboutism yeah. they they criticize what aboutism. I think that's why I support it because it is it's asking for consistency. Well stated. Well, however, what aboutism or the fallacy of the non sequitur, non sequence? Here's where it's bad. Let's let's say for example, um, you've got a local school teacher in Cleveland that's uh, sexually abusing um, his students, and you, as a conservative on your radio station, point that out. Then the progressive left says, yeah, but what about the church? The church did the same thing. Well, frankly, that doesn't have anything to do with the teacher in your local schools that's guilty of that crime. Prosecute the crime. Don't distract from the crime by saying, well, what about the church? The the point here is we apply the principle, we apply the law equally to everyone. And frankly, if the church is guilty of of sin or a crime, then prosecute the church. Thank you. Right. I was waiting for you to finish. I was waiting for you to finish so I could say that. I would support the prosecution of the teacher and of the clergy, whoever is doing these things to children. So that's why I'm fine with the what about. And there's where conservatives understand this principle of consistency, whereas progressives don't. They'll use what aboutism or the the fallacy of non sequitur, and they'll use it to distract from their own sins and crimes. Conservatives should rise above that and say, hey – we believe in the law, we believe in objective moral good, and all of us should be held to that standard. And if there's anybody who claims to be a conservative who has violated it, then so be it. Go after them, but don't ignore everybody on the left in that process. And that's my point in challenging Merrick Garland. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing I would do to challenge Merrick Garland, Dr. Everett Piper, is to ask, um, you know, on what basis... On what basis did you declare this to be an emergency? Because there may have been nuclear documents. We now come to find out he has been mulling this over for nearly a year and a half. 
This was just really re- recently revealed that he had been considering whether or not to allow the FBI to, to, to raid Mar-a-Lago for this, that, or the other thing for over a year and a half. If he truly believed that there were nuclear documents, documents related to the nuclear code or nuclear codes or, or what have you, and then declared this to be such an emergency that we had to go in there with the heavy hammer that they did, as opposed to just requesting by way of subpoena more documentation or more uh, uh, transparency, um, then why did he wait 18 months if it was such an emergency? Again, inconsistency. And, you, and you've, you've nailed it. Again, they, if they applied the exact same rigorous review and the same type of time frame and the same type of um, application of the law, to both sides of the political fence, then you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. And frankly, if you find one of us, our conservative leaders politically or ecclesiastically, i.e. the church, if you find one of our conservative leaders violating the standards that we as conservatives hold dear, then I would argue, hang them from the nearest tree because they violated our principles. And we are conservatives because we believe in principles and not the power of people. Merrick Garland is proving the exact opposite for liberals. Very, very well said. Dr. Everett Piper, we'll take our time out here. It's a perfect spot. It's 1017 when we come back. Trans-totalitarianism will be the topic. What exactly does that mean? I think you probably have an idea. Dr. Piper will talk about that next. AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty. Now we continue on Always Right Radio with Dr. Everett Piper back with us, a regular Thursday commentator on all things cultural, spiritual, faithful. Uh, Dr. Piper, trans totalitarianism is in the title of this piece that you shared with me from the American Conservative, and it was just as uh, alarming for me as it is, I'm sure, for you and anybody else who real uh, who reads this. People being propagandized out of having a healthy reaction to a moral horror, which is the colonization of children's minds and bodies overtaking our society. I think we talk about this literally every week, um, and, I, and I plan to continue to do so um, until we start to see some changes in the culture and we start to see some defense of children at the professional levels, professional educators, professional doctors, and yes, parents, because right now all of those adults are failing these kids during this massive trans movement. Take it from there. Well, there are stories uh, in numerous different places this week uh, and previous weeks, and they'll continue in the future until we get our act together and stop this lunacy. Um, the Wall Street Journal is carrying a piece that is titled, uh, what's it say, the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics, Dubious Transgender Science. That's in the Wall Street Journal. There's this article in the American Conservative by Rod Dreher, which calls out this terrible, terrible butchery and abuse and grooming of children, minors, um, being mutilated. And Rod Dreher is it's a long article. And people need to follow Roger. He's the author of the best-selling book, Live Not By Lies. Roger has done a lot of research about how totalitarian regimes, mostly communist, have taken the children away from the parents and made the child the guardian of the state rather than the property of the parent, the mom and dad. And Roger is warning us and saying that this trans movement is laden with that exact same ontological Air. Now, what does he mean by ontological, and what do I mean? Ontology is the study of reality. And when you give over the definition of reality to this trans movement where you deny the rational in favor of the emotional, 
You deny the reality of the body in favor of the fantasy of the mind. And you take that and make it the definition of the human being. You can thereby take children who have a fantasy that is basically making a claim that there's something they're not. They're pretending. Their imagination is leading them to conclude that there's something other than their biological reality. And when you allow that to start being the governing law, that a child can, by virtue of his imagination, his fantasy, a fabrication where he wants to pretend to be something he's not, at the youngest of ages, 8, 9, 10, 11 years of age, and you're going to start performing surgery and hormone therapy on that child to accommodate his fantasies and his feelings, rather than allowing the parents to say, no, 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 that's not who you are. You're pretending to be something you're not. You're not Barney the Purple Dinosaur. You're not Tarzan. You're not Superman. Yes, you can make believe and you can pretend to be some good things as you're growing up as a child, but when you start pretending to be something that's going to cause you physical harm, the parents should step in the way and say, no, you can't do that. Rod Dreher's point in this article is that we have allowed the colonization of the mind, of ideology, to replace the authority of parents. And that colonization is resulting in parents losing their rights to raise their children the way they should be raised and to keep them healthy and whole in body and soul. And shame on us. Just shame on parents for allowing this to happen, for allowing schools to groom our children and doctors to mutilate our children. Roger Dreher is calling upon us to rise up and say no. And what parent in their right mind could disagree with what he's saying, what you're saying, or what I'm saying right now? Well, the the uh, the real difficulty here is, you know, not just parents who who say no or refuse to say no and rise up as you say, but those who rise up in their place get shut down. And I'm talking specifically about libs of TikTok. You probably are well aware of this already. Libs of TikTok continues to be targeted and to be and silenced by uh, Twitter and mainstream media for simply bringing to light facts. Libs of TikTok just got suspended permanently by Twitter for sharing the video from the Boston Children's Hospital in which they advertise and market to young children what they call gender-affirming hysterectomies, gender-affirming genital mutilation, gender-affirming and gender-healthy uh, mastectomies, and so forth. So they, they uh, Libs of TikTok put this video out there and continues to share the information uh, from Boston hospitals that have indeed proven, and it's all proven, uh, 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 committed, I guess, you know, they would say performed, I would say committed these uh, surgeries on children, um, and Libs of TikTok has been banned. They've been banned permanently, or this woman who runs Libs of TikTok has been banned permanently by Facebook, and then uh, I don't know if it's a temporary situation now on Twitter, and they say she continues to violate the community standards of the platform, which is what? What community standards are there? Let people abuse and mutilate children at their will and don't say anything about it? That's the standard at TikTok, or excuse me, at uh, uh, at Twitter and, and at Facebook, is that's what's happening. Yeah, it is. The cancel culture, and I warned of this back in 2015 in my book, uh, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. When any culture decides that anything but truth should win the debate, then that culture is lost and it's going to be subject to power plays, to censorship, to cancel, uh, to the canceling of people they disagree with, and that's exactly where we are. Truth is no longer an objective standard. 
ontological reality doesn't matter anymore in the minds of over 50% of the American public. If we want to pretend it, that makes it so. If you have an inclination, then that's your identity. If you have a given desire, then that's your legal definition. And when you give yourself over to those ontological, those heirs of reality, when you start defining yourself by your emotions rather than rational facts, you're lost. You're lost as a culture. And this is why the biblical worldview matters. The biblical worldview goes back to a true north. It allows us to repent, to revive, to return, to restore. It's the soap that cleanses a culture and keeps it whole. That's why it's important for us that, I mean, yeah, okay, so fine. Twitter is canceling people. I don't agree with it. I think it's wrong. But you still have a radio show, and you still have tens of thousands of people that are listening to you right now. And they should be rising up and protecting their families and protecting their children and grandchildren from this nonsense rather than hiding their head in a hole and doing nothing about it. And I don't mean to offend anybody right now. I'm sure that I just described a minority of your audience. Probably most everybody is fighting in the trenches for the good of our culture and the good of our kids. But we need to continue to stay the course. We need to have spine and courage and march into the storm, waving the banner of truth. And if we win, great. That's God's grace. But if we lose waving that banner, then so be it. Go down fighting. It's the right thing to do for our kids. You start out your show with that quote from Reagan. Well, listen to Reagan. It's time to stand for freedom and truth. And justice as defined by God rather than defined by our genitals and our libido. A, a Christian should understand that we're defined by our Lord and not our libidinous desires. Dr. Piper, last thing on this, and again, I'm going to tie it back to um, the online push. There's a, uh, a, an account that Matt Walsh has taken great pains to expose recently because of the extraordinary danger uh, that young children are being put in by one particular user, and I have no idea why law enforcement has not already jumped on this. He keeps referring this to the FBI, FBI and others. But there is a trans rights person, whatever you want to call this person, who has acknowledged and admitted that the puberty blockers and hormones that this person gets and takes, they always take double, or excuse me, not take, but order and receive double, and then the extra that they have, they send to other young people. Uh, in other words, they're sharing prescriptions, prescription drugs that 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 obviously have tremendous life-altering impacts on people's bodies because we're talking about puberty blockers and hormones. Uh, individuals who say they can't get them on their own or their parents won't allow them to switch or whatever. So they're sending drugs through the mail and bragging about it on Twitter, and they're allowed to stay. Dr. Piper, this is a federal crime. It is a dangerous, dangerous uh, crime involving you know prescription medications being given to other people, and no one is complaining about that. Instead, they want to get Matt Walsh banned for daring to expose this account. Well, it goes back to the the top of the hour and the front end of this show. What about okay, Merrick Garland? If nobody's about above the law, then why aren't you prosecuting these child abusers? Why aren't you prosecuting these people that are abusing? bragging about it in social media about abusing their prescriptions and giving them to minors without the consent of the parents or even the parents being aware of it drugs that will alter them for life if if the left really wants to boast about being pro-law then enforce the law and i don't care whether it's on donald trump or whether it's on these child abusers who are grooming our kids in our classrooms and mutilating mutilating our kids in their doctor's offices, or these guys that are lying when they order their prescription drugs and give them to minors to, to, to damage their bodies. I mean, 
we have to go back to being a nation that is grounded in objective truths that are that are based upon the laws of nature and nature's God as the foundation for a free society. A thousand times on your show, I've 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 quoted Chesterton: "Get rid of the big laws of God, and you don't get liberty. You're going to get thousands and thousands of little laws that rush in to fill the vacuum." Well, and then those little laws are going to be enforced. Uh, selectively, because you've got people in power that don't believe in the big laws as being governing um, the governing context for their own lives as well as the lives of those folks that want to enjoy freedom in our culture and society. Dr. Everett Piper laying out, as only he can, uh, all of the facts on this extraordinarily important situation involving our kids. Dr. Piper, I appreciate it very much, sir. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll talk to you again next week. Blessings. Take care. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.